So they're all having the same problem, obviously, then. So you found the real problem that they, no one's using their dental insurance and they don't have time to go to the dentist. One of the things that I'm pretty proud of right now, we, we launched in 2019. That was our first year. We literally launched Q4 of 2018. 2019 is our first year. Then this pandemic hit in 2020. So on DM gets better and better every single day. You have to have people coming through. And labor is one of the biggest reasons that people don't have people coming through their offices right now. Welcome back to another episode of Dental Marketing Theory. I'm your host, Gary Bird. I'm the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more new patients so you can grow the way that you want, but you can't grow if you don't have team members. And today's guest, I'm going to be honest with you, this is one of the funnest podcasts that I've done in a long time. Joe Fogg, who's the CEO at Ondium is going to break down how he got into the dental industry and how he's solving one of the hardest problems that we face right now in dental, which is labor. And you're going to be really surprised by some of his solutions that he's offering. And he does it in such a unique way and is absolutely crushing everything he comes in contact with. I promise you this will bring a ton of value to you. You're not going to want to miss this one. Stay tuned. All right, we are live. And you know what? I... I'm super excited to have this conversation because the person I'm about to talk to has done amazing things in the dental industry and has solved a lot of the biggest problems that people face out there. But what I'm even more excited about is that I regularly, people come up to me and say, hey, Joe. And I'm just like, I'm not Joe, but I get that all the time. So I take it as a compliment. And Joe, I know um, you've had the similar problem <laughs> bumping into people thinking, Gary, and it's it, you're we're, we're two different people, and this is actually evidence of that. So I'm super excited to talk with you today. Well, it's not a problem. I like it because I, mean, I know that you know people that know what you're doing know how passionate you are about the dental space and helping practices grow. So we're 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 similar. We both got the same goals to help yeah. practices grow. So I love it. You do got a, you got a good beard. Coming in. Your beard's a little better than mine right now, though. Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> it takes it's, it's taking a lot of work. I I, I used to have the trailer uh, the trailer trash beard, you know, coming in all crazy and stuff, and it took a long time to to get that dialed in, and now it's only partially that way. But um, so what are tell me how you got into the dental industry, Joe? That's that's what I would love to start this conversation because you you've done some amazing things, which we'll talk about. But I want to know how you started. I actually love that you're asking that question because I don't I don't really get to tell that story. Um, so I'll tell I'll try to tell it pretty fast so I don't that doesn't drag on too long. But it's it's part of an entrepreneur journey. So on DM is my third startup. Um, I was part of two other startups, but I wasn't the founder of those startups. I was part of the founding team. We had product ideas and product visions. It was non dental, non healthcare, non staffing. But all the same goes into it, right? What's what's your go to market strategy? Is is it B two B? Is it B two C? Who who's is it is it a service based business? Is it a product based business? What's the, what's the landscape look like? And I just got paired up with this awesome entrepreneur family out of the Portland market. We scaled both those businesses. We successfully took them to acquisitions by publicly traded companies. The those founders got some pretty nice paydays, and then they they left. You know, within the next couple of quarters, they were gone, and then I was elevated to be essentially helping run those businesses. The last business. We also did the same thing. We sold it to publicly traded companies. They got their liquidity events. They left. And then I essentially ran that business post acquisition. Now, 
the way that when you get acquired by strategic invest strategic strategic businesses or publicly traded companies, they want to retain leadership talent that knows the intricacies of the business. And that was a pivotal role in growing and scaling from distribution to product to product market fit to revenue and all of our everything that we did. I, I if I stayed four years post acquisition, I would get some pretty significant stock in the company that acquired us. So fast forward three and a half years later, I'm running this business. I'm running the PL. We have 500 employees. Our earnings per share wasn't that great. Um, different things happen based on different times of quarters with publicly traded companies, whether it's foreign markets and exchange, that we needed to show um, an improvement on our gross contribution contribution margins of our revenue. One of the ways to be able to do that is if you haven't leaned out your teams in a while, is it's a chance to cut headcount. So globally, we were all kind of tasked to cut some headcount. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I got something really, really important to share with you that's going to bring massive impact to your practice. So every year, things change in your market. Every single year, people move, incomes change, populations change, and it's really important that you stay up to date with that. And one of the things that we offer to all of our customers, and we want to offer it to all of our listeners completely for free, is mapping out your new patients. So we're not going to only show you where your new patients are coming from on a map, just like this above, but we're also going to show you the income areas that they're coming from, the different boxes of income, as well as the populations to make sure that you have supporting areas to where you can attract more new patients. And lastly, we're going to map out all of your competition for you for free. This is 100% for free, no obligation. And we're really excited to share this with all of our listeners. So all you have to do is go to maps.smcnational.com. And it's first come, first serve. We're not going to offer this forever. So if you want to get this, get in now, get all your new patients mapped out for the new year. We're looking forward to talking to you soon. Thanks. There was literally no way that I could cut that headcount of our 500 employees, it would have been roughly 50 employees, and still been able to hit and achieve our Q3 and Q4 revenue targets because we had a lot of new products in the pipeline that was going to generate some new revenue. Mm -hmm. So because I came through acquisition, I was able to to find a different way to cut it. I said, I can't cut headcount because there's no way we're going to hit our targets. And our targets are pretty important, especially since we're a growth contribution to the overall core of the business. I was going to cut dental insurance. I looked at our P&Ls. Where are we spending a bunch of money? We're spending a bunch of money on dental insurance sponsoring for our employees, and none of them were going. Like, none of them. We had a 4% adoption rate, and a lot of that was my, my own family. And I was like, really not, I don't want to cut my dental insurance. And I, was, I also didn't want to cut their dental insurance. So, you know, as an entrepreneur, you, you try to find the root cause of the problem. Like, why are you not going and utilizing this benefit? Well, they're, we are manufacturing. They, they're paycheck to paycheck. Hourly individuals working hourly, paycheck to paycheck. They needed every hour of earnings they had. So if they took a day off, they would not, they would, they would, it would significantly impact a big percentage of their overall income when their month, when they're, when they're paycheck to paycheck. But on top of that, that hourly earnings that they would hit also got them into 40 hours because they would always work weekends because we were always slammed. We had to have work, you know, overtime shifts and weekend shifts. That's where they actually made their money. So if, if they took a day off to go to the dentist, they're missing time off of work where they needed that, but there's also hit a, impeding them to be able to get an overtime pay. I was like, what is going on? So the more I get obsessed with something, the more I want to solve that problem. Like they need access to care because my mom was a nurse for 40 years. 
I'm 51 years old. I was a, I actually lived at a fire station for two years and I was an EMT and almost a paramedic assistant. So I, I believe in healthcare and I believe in all that stuff. I, I had the sunset rapidly approaching six months out until I was going to have a chance to then be vested in my shares. And I learned so much that I wanted to start my own business. My best friend was a dentist and I knew a lot of dentistry. I knew somebody that was also in private equity that would back DSOs. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go into mobile dental clinics. I'm going to bring mobile dental dentistry to big manufacturing. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Big manufacturing companies that were facing the same problem that these people couldn't get off work to go to the dentist. So I went to the ADA's website. I looked at what, how I could rip together a business plan on what is a hygienist produced per day? What does a doctor produce per day? Where they get scheduled out of the hygiene? I mean, what, what restorative gets scheduled? What are the, you know, there's a bunch of business plans where you can rip together. Okay, these are your consumable goods. These are your lappies, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, okay, if I go feed direct to these large companies, I can maximize about a 1.2% of a, of a return on the, the RCM. So in that, I had a lot, I know a lot of people in Portland within 30 days, Gary, after I left that company, I had agreements with Nike, Under Armour, Freightliner, uh, Columbia Sportswear. To so they bring... were all, so they're all having the same problem, obviously then. So you found the real problem that they, no one's using their dental insurance and they don't have time to go to yeah, the dentist. Yeah, and those companies, you're right. So they're such large companies. They're normally, they actually go self-insured plans. They believe access, they believe oral health is the overall body health. Um, all these big companies. They had the same problems. Their corporate employees didn't want to leave those campuses because just getting back into campus and finding a good parking spot was on a big campus is kind of difficult. So they they loved it. But here's what I didn't do. I did a theoretical business plan based on the ADA's website. So I was in a syndicate about a half a million dollars to get it started. I had, I had a bunch of uh, friends that I knew that could easily raise a couple million dollars. They were game for it. I flew down to LA. I looked at these big mobile clinics. I was going to build an app like OpenTable. I'm good with technology to be able to do that kind of stuff for easy corporate scheduling. Um, well, in that, I didn't want to take any money until I actually looked at True Dentist Financials. And that's what I did. I went to a bunch of my buddies that were dentists. I opened up their books and I was like, oh my God, Gary, I was off. You and I work 20 days a month, 21 days a month, every single month of the year. These dentists were working 16 days a month. I'm looking at their weekly and monthly uh, roller coaster. It looked like an EKG <laughs> of their production. I'm like, what is going on here? How come this day you only had 300 in hygiene production, but yesterday you had 2,000 or 3,000 in production. They're like, oh, well, I only have one hygienist that day versus two. I'm like, well, why do you only have one versus two? Well, if I give the other one another day, she's going to get 32 hours. Then I'm going to have to give her benefits. And I give her benefits. I'm going to have to give everybody benefits. I'm going to give them benefits. Look how much they're generating in production for you every single day that they're working. And what you're missing out on lost opportunity for the restorative that comes out of that working. They're like, nah, I kind of like doing four days a week. <laughs> I went to five dentists and they all said the same story. Yeah. So I pivoted. I said, you know what? If my goal is to bring access to care to people, these dental practices need vetted, legal compliant W-2 staffing needs to build a, a bigger team. They don't want a revolving door of a merry-go-round of a staffing agencies. They need a they need to build contingent labor teams that can be complementary to their existing team. If I can mm -hmm. figure out a fintech HR stack to be able to, to bring that to market. I can help them get bigger teams 
And if I could get them in bigger teams, they can treat more patients and they don't have to worry about all those extra costs of benefits. So that's how I started. That's how I started on you. That's so awesome. I, I'm so glad that you shared that. And there's so many things in there and you could probably write a book about several of those. And it makes a lot of sense of what you're doing and why you're doing it and how you're doing it at such an incredible rate. So tell us a little bit about now, how are you servicing Dennis now and how are you bringing that value and in, in fulfilling that mission that you started out to, to do now? Man, another great question. So one of the things we've done is, I don't know if you saw this in July, we partnered with the ADHA, the American Dental Hygiene Association. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they're very passionate yep. about a lot of educators in schools. They they don't love it when um, students, hygienists graduate school, they go out to the work, and then they get exploited. That they get paid as 1099, which is illegal, because they, they're not covered under workers' comp, they're not covered under unemployment, they're not covered under malpractice. And only on top of that, it's actually illegal. And if there's a if there's a, an event tragedy that happens, they're on their own, and even the practice isn't covered, and the practice faces a lot of violations of that. So so what happens is they the ADHA was looking for a way to bring benefits to the hygiene population. I don't know if you know this, but last year, the same time in October. HPI, ADA, ADHA, and Danby, along with Ignite, um, Ignite DDS or Ignite um, DA, they did a massive workforce study. And I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz you on here. Out of all of the private practices in the country, what percentage of private practices offer health insurance to their hygienists? I'm gonna guess it's low. Is it low? Is it like a low number? Like I'm blown yeah, away low? low. Yeah. Uh, I'll say. Seven point five percent. Ooh, not that not, not that low, but close. Twenty percent. Only twenty percent. So if, let's okay. say True. there's a web. I, I, and it's tough. I know I put you on the spot. So let's say there's 180,000 solo practices, right? That means really only 40,000 ish of those are actually offering health insurance because the rest. Now, I don't fault those other practices. It's systemically mm -hmm. over four decades. There's, there's, it's created this infrastructure layer. A lot of hygienists wanted to be part-time, like in yeah. the in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and even in the 2000s. It's been this shift of labor between millennials and Gen Zs and Gen Xs. They, they, they're, I'm going to quiz you one more time here. Sorry about this. What is the average age people get married now these days? Ooh, um, I'm going to say 27. No, pretty, pretty close. 31. Ooh. 31 is the average. I was going to say 28, age. but yeah, man, that's old, man. Yeah, so the average age of first year marriage is 31. So when you graduate college and you're no longer on your parents' plan, you don't have healthcare. It's wow. the biggest population of healthcare workers that don't actually have healthcare themselves. So That's so crazy. It's now practices they they're left with an infrastructure that's been that way for decades because they you know a lot of people have my hygienist works two days a week. Now you have this influx over the last 10 years of people wanting more. They want more flexibility, but they also want healthcare and they want to be taken care of. You you stack a pandemic on that, it kind of explodes with loyalty. Like, wait, you're not loyal to me. So what on DM does, we want to help practices literally have bigger teams and we'll we'll take care of all that stuff that's really kind of a pain in the ass to take care of. All the taxes, all the HR, all the healthcare stuff. And we don't want to compete with them. We want to compliment them. Mm. And we can and so, do less than they can. So so basically, the, str the struggle that most dentists have right now, I think the universal problem that anytime that I have a mastermind or, or we speak in an event or we do whatever we do, and we go and I ask people, what's your number one? What's the number one problem right now? It's always labor. Oh, always. 100%. It's always yes. labor, labor, labor. Anytime someone brings up a bigger problem, you can always trace it back to labor, right? So it's like, we're not able to see as many new patients as we used to see. Why not? 
because we don't have enough people. No, that's a labor problem, not a new patient problem, right? So it's it, labor is the biggest problem. So if I hear you correctly, what you do is if I'm a dentist and labor is my biggest problem, I partner with somebody like you and you come in and supplement what I'm already doing so that way I can continue to grow and continue to do all the things I want to do. Is that right? thousand percent. What we So here's what practices don't use us for one or two hit, you know, every now and then, oh, we're going to have a hygienist come in on our dental assistant come in on next Monday, not back again. We will have people that'll work well over a hundred days in the same office this year, over and over and over. Now here's even the best part of it. They can hire that person away from us for no charge. Even though there are W2 employee, my, our average cost, a literally fully baked average cost runs about 22 to 24%, depending on what state you're in. That's including our fee. That's including in there. We absorb the workers comp, unemployment, wow. state, federal, malpractice, you, all of that. And here's what we did last weekend. Last weekend, we launched a major medical PPO healthcare plan to a, a clinical, to anyone working through our platform. All they have to work is eight days a month, which is less than part-time. Yeah. It took me, took me and they, years. And then they can be insured. And then, so yeah, now, that's hard. That's a- so sorry, what doctors want is doctors want continuity of care to build a team relationship with their existing staff and their patients. They don't want an Uber experience of a revolving door of a different clinician coming in every day, right? So we're so transparent. They can see their availability. It's like clinicians on our platform are like Airbnb houses. It's literally like an Airbnb house or or Calendly. Like, hey, here's Brittany. She's available these eight days. Book her, rebook her over and over and over again. Oh, so I can can book her for the next week or month or longer if I want, right? You can book her for 100 days if you want. Uh, all okay. Of okay. Yeah, cuz it's on us. And then you're taking all the hit and you're taking you you have you, basically the infrastructure stuff that you were cost, talking about the taxes, all the down stuff, all the downside stuff that no one wants to deal with and hiring somebody, you're taking that. And then and so then what happens if someone's like I love working with let's say let's say I'm a doctor and I I you know I use you guys and I find this hygienist and I love using this hygienist or whoever and I'm I'm using them over and over and over again and I work with them for the last year and a half or year do I just continue using you guys cuz it's better to use you guys or do I at some point do I bring them into my team how does that work whatever they want they can literally hire we get, every day we get somebody hired away from us dental assistants and hygienists. And here's the thing. So when I talk to my board or investors and they're like, well, hey, what does that impact? I go, no. Every time, because we know we're doing stuff with all the big DSOs and everybody, right? As soon as they hire somebody as a lead gen source, because they, they, you know, every day, here's here's what people don't, and, and DSOs understand it better than private practices. Yeah. Every day is $5,000. It's it's $5,000. You either got $5,000 that day or you lost $5,000 that day. They're like, well, no, I may be able to get that patient back and I'll reschedule. No, that day, you didn't make $5,000. That's what they need to think about. Like that's how the business world and financial bankers look at it. Every day is five grand. So yep. if you have, if you're a DSO and you have 10 openings, you're losing 50 grand a day, 1,500, 13 to 1,500 in, in, in hygiene production, 3,500 conservatively in reimbursement for doc restorative. So you, you have an opening, you lose five grand. So within that, the 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 DSO and emerging DSO community definitely sees the value that we bring because they they bring us in like working interviews. They try people out to see if they're culturally fit. What so we're sorry. doing with the state associations, we're part of a state hygiene association, the national association. They say utilize on DM for working interviews to find your forever home. You're not going to marry somebody you meet on a Zoom call, right? So how are you going to know if that's the practice you love to work at? Yeah, yeah, I love that. No, I tell people all the time. They're like, I can't find people. I can't find people to interview. I'm like go to the temp agencies and start getting people in and seeing if you like working with them. But, but from your perspective, I totally get what you're saying as well. 
the the other thing that I was thinking about as you were you were talking through this, you know, a lot of times people are like, well, I don't have the money for marketing, or I don't have the money to hire somebody, or I don't have the money to do this, that, or the other. And it's like the most expensive thing in a dental office is an empty chair by a landslide. That is the most expensive thing in the in a dental office by by a lot. It's not even close. So I'm uh, I get the fear. That. For tomorrow, my talk, I'm going to plagiarize that. I love that you said that. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but you're so yeah, right. No, no. no it's some, I learned it from somebody else. They were like, I was like, okay, well, you can increase this or decrease this, you know, and I know that this is an extra $2,000 marketing budget, but, you know, and they were like, Gary, the most expensive thing in my office is an empty chair, not a $2,000 marketing budget increase. And then, and then I, as I learned more and more and more about dental, it's 100% true. You have to have people coming through and labor is one of the biggest reasons that people don't have people coming through their offices right now. Recare uh, uh, patients are down. Marketing uh, new patients are down. Like just everybody's um, uh, revenue or collections are down as well. And, and a lot of it has to do with just you have less people. You have less people and you have to figure that out. Because it just absolutely smashes you now more than ever because labor cost is up, cost of goods are up, interest rates are up. So that means all your debt's more expensive. If you're borrowing money, everything is more expensive. So your model doesn't, the dental, the traditional dental model, it's kind of crazy, Joe. When I first got started in dental, when I would talk to a dentist, especially like single locations, two locations, their business model or how they manage their money was basically like this. Gary, if I get 100 new patients a month, then everything works in my business. I don't really have to look at anything else. I just have to get the, that new patient number. That doesn't work anymore because of all these other complications that we're seeing. Yeah. No, I love that you, I love that you equate that to the loss because it's getting them, it's getting the private solo practices to think like DSOs. DSOs run it as a financial business and they, of course, they want to be access to care to the community and all that other kind of stuff. You know, one of the things that, um, that I'm pretty proud of right now is, and we're starting to build a lot of testimonials is because what we've learned a lot, you know, we, we, we launched in 2019. That was our first year. We launched, we literally launched Q4 of 2018, 2019 is our first year. Then this pandemic hit in 2020. So on DM gets better and better every single day. I mean, I could tell you the probability of me filling shifts in the middle of nowhere USA uh, in 2019 was pretty scarce, right? Because how do, mm-hmm. what, how did we, we had the same chat. We're like a, we're like a big de novo across the country, right? So practices would sign up to on DM they're hoping we're a silver bullet. They're hoping they could post a temp shift and automatically fill that shift. So we, we educate them. We say, listen, we, we now, you gave that to us. We're taking on that marketing dollar. So the marketing dollars you talked about that they wanted to spend for recruiting, because those are extra costs, the cost to cut a PO, the cost of, to, to, yeah. it's not just the lost chair revenue. It's all the other stuff that you got to bring. Like where are you placing your jobs at? Indeed, Craigslist, dental job boards or whatever. You're going to be spending money on that. We do the same thing. They post on our site for free to create a temp shift. Now there's three variables that, that, dictate our success. Is it an area where we have an abundance of people that we can have a high probability of filling a shift? That would be great. If it's not, we got to spend a bunch of money, which we do. We're offering huge bonuses right now, this whole rest of the end of the year to incent people to, to tempt through on DM to pick up shifts. So is it an area where we have people? Is it, um, do they leave, do they give us enough time? If they posted it for today, for tomorrow, 
and it's an emerging market for us, the probability is not going to be great that we're going to fill the shift. Yeah. Now, if they posted it for next Friday, next Wednesday, Thursday, yeah, that gives us enough time to, to do all of our technology to because we, we integrate to aggregators and job boards and social media. We do all kinds of stuff where we spend money on that CAC to be able to get people to see the, the notification. Then it's about what kind of rate did they post it at? Because if they post it at 40 bucks an hour because in the going rate for hygienists is 50, they're like, wow. Yeah. On DM, then fill my shift. Like, no one's going to fill that shift. And so we've gotten a lot better at every bit of this. Now, when they give us time, our probability of success is pretty high. See, yeah, it's so crazy because like all the nuances of marketing are exactly the same. I can tell any office right now within, you know, 50 bucks of what your cost per lead and your cost per acquisition is going to be for a new patient. But I can only do that if I have some variables that I need to know about. How's your Google reviews? I can't overcome bad Google reviews or lack of Google reviews. That drives up your cost. I can't overcome you not answering your phone. If you have a 30 industry average unanswered call rate right now on the phones is 35%. So I can't overcome that. Sorry, that's going to drive up your cost. Average person at the front desk only converts at about 50% for marketing new patients. Can't overcome that. Like it's going to mess up. So if I can get those variables under control every time, I know exactly what it's going to cost for you to get a patient through the door. And with, with, with a couple exceptions of a couple really weird markets, like 90 and 95%. So I love that you figured out labor to that point. Like that to me is so exciting because that gonna, that's what the biggest bottleneck right now is in dental. So on that note, if someone says, you know what, I really want to learn more about this. What's the best way to get in touch with you or your company to, to figure out how to get this working in their favor. Yeah, thanks, Russ. So uh, our website, ondiem.com. Ondiem is O-N-D-I-E-M. And let me, so real quick, the name of Ondiem stands for three things. On demand, because mm-hmm. everybody wants everything on demand, like Amazon Prime, Netflix, you name it. Mm-hmm. In healthcare, a, a daily temporary fill-in shift is called a per diem. And more importantly, for both practices and professionals to carpe diem, right? Seize the day, earn extra money, increase your revenue that day. So on DM, O-N-D-I-E-M is all those things. In there, we have a chat window. It's live. We have people, there's there's a team of people that respond instantly. You can They can say, hey, I want somebody to call me. They can message in there. We can get their account set up and then we can get them rocking. That's awesome, man. Thanks so much for coming on, sharing your story, sharing this amazing company that you've built and sharing how you're going to keep changing and making the dental industry better. I, I'm really excited about the things that you're doing and I love your energy because... I'm, I'm thinking the same way. It's just like, how, how can we make things better? And I love talking with people like that. So thanks so much for coming on. Man, right back at you. Um, it was, I was honored to be on this show. So thank you. Thank you, my friend.